0: Coming up on today's show, Bayonetta 3 finally gets a release date, and E3 is getting a PAX makeover. What's good, everybody? And welcome back to the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game commentary, news, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm one of your hosts, Rihanna Manuel Pena, and I am joined by Andrea Renee. <gasps> What's good, Rih? <laughs> What's good? And of course, the blonde nerd, Brittany Brombacher.
1: Hi, you're so pretty.
0: Aw, thanks, honey. Wait, okay. So you have to explain everybody what you're drinking for uh, uh, our audio <laughs> podcast listeners <laughs> All right, here,
2: ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, please explain what you're drinking.
1: On camera, I feel like this could pass for whiskey. I mean, it could. Absolutely, it, it could. could um, yeah, it's not it's this monstrosity (laughs) it's this liquid that probably seeped from some assholes no i'm kidding actually no that's actually a pretty decent rose okay i stopped because i showed it to here's the thing in the olden days ladies and gentlemen i used to have a lot of you know parties at my house with my family and everyone blessed their heart knows i love whiskey but they always bring me wine Why? (laughs) i can to tell you they do Um, (laughs) it's easier to buy yeah i have so many bottles of random ass wine everywhere throughout my house. I have under cabinets, under my sink. We have a wine rack that we keep full just for shits and giggles. And so I'm out of whiskey, Rip. So I grabbed the first bottle I saw and the first one I saw is this Cote des Roses, which I'm pronouncing it very wrong. But... Andrea was like, oh my god, that's actually really good. I'm like, it is. is. It? The yeah, bottom
0: of the cool. bottle is a rose. It's actually really pretty. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. look oh, at the bottom.
1: F- fuck me sideways. It um, sure
2: is. It's one of the few rosés that you can find in almost any liquor store, grocery store, or pretty much anywhere that sells alcohol. And it's very budget friendly. Typically between 9 and $15 wherever you're buying it. So it's a nice, good, you know. It's not bad. Drinkable wine for A Wednesday night. The
1: first sip definitely made, you know, the back of my cheeks kind of shrink into themselves, but now I'm thinking I'm used to it. And for Mm. being in there for a few hours, you
2: didn't tell the folks at home that you're drinking it at room temperature like a monster. Some hot ass. Uh, (laughs) Some (laughs) hot ass rose.
1: I know I wish Jason was home so I could get some ice cubes, but, you know, like I said, I had low expectations anyway. And hey, listen, it doesn't make my face pucker, so it's fine.
2: When I eventually see you again, I will get you some delicious rosé. And I already have frozen sherbet in my freezer. And we will make frozen rosé cocktails. Are you okay? I'm, what I'm happened? drooling.
1: I'm drooling. Um. No, I <laughs> I tried to be fancy. I thought about back when you taught us how to drink wine properly, Andrea, back in the old studio in San Francisco, and I tried to do the little you gurgling. You the
2: forest floor flavor. Sure. I
1: tried to do the little gurgling <laughs> technique that you taught us, um, and all I did is I huffed it into my nose, and then I started to <laughs> it everywhere, so it was a fail.
0: I mean, that's one way to don't consume gur- it. No,
2: don't gurgle wine when you're tasting it. You're supposed to <laughs> chew it.
1: No, you, chew you it. do that, you do that <laughs>
0: somebody in the video You're just going <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, That's what you do. I remember. I was so proud of myself because I did it. I was wearing my Beavis and head shirt, and I remember, I was just very, but, okay, I guess I'm not, I gotta chew it, alright.
2: We'll try Let's again. Ladies and gentlemen, you may have heard Rihanna say that this was your source for video game news, commentary analysis, and funny stuff, so, but you are now in What's Good Wine. Welcome to our inaugural podcast episode. I've been waiting to do this for years. <laughs> it's a crossover. Literally years. <laughs>
1: Don't ever chew your wine, holy shit.
2: <laughs> Brittany, I love you. Got myself. And the <laughs> Oh, great face! Great face! Oh, phase. good
1: God. It's still lingering in my mouth. I chewed it, and it's like it exploded everywhere. That's what she said. Well,
2: I mean, I wouldn't do a full, like, tasting of... Like I said, (laughs) hot-ass rosé. It's going to be bad. Also, it's not just hot-ass rosé. It's hot-ass old (laughs) rosé. See,
1: this is why. It's like console gaming versus PC gaming. This is the fucking (laughs) PC gaming of alcohol. You got to know all these ins and outs, all these do's and don'ts.
0: (laughs) Actually, it's not a bad analogy. Thank you. (laughs) It's not that complicated. Oh, it is. Okay, it can't
1: be old. It can't be room temperature. Some wines can't be room temperature. Some wines can't. Maybe you should do some ice cubes. I'll judge you, but maybe I won't. Maybe you should. uh, Whatever. Fuck it. I love you, Brittany. Love you
2: Thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewy's Gotson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Goudre, and Punk Divide. And welcome to our Patreon community in MN now. And I hope that that means Minnesota. Shout out to my alma mater. Name Miss Minnesota, the land of lakes. 10,000 lakes to be exact. So nice a lot of lakes
1: at first, and I was like, huh, oh,
2: interesting. Oh, no. So that's just my North Dakota coming out. <laughs> You know, in Minnesota, the reason that the lakes are there is because there were some glaciers that came down across the continent thousands of years ago. How many years ago? <laughs> thousands. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh,
1: you. Are you um, all up in you your <laughs> nose when you do that accent?
2: Oh, no. Most, <laughs> of that, most of the accent really comes from the way that you enunciate words with your tongue and your lips. Huh. It's not really nasal at all.
1: Ah, okay, no. okay, okay. fair
2: enough. The more you know, <laughs> regional dialects, everybody. Um, but thank you, Patreon.com/slash What's Good Games. We actually uploaded last week's episode early. We've decided that when we can, which is hopefully going to be most of the time, when the ad-free version of the podcast is ready and edited and uploaded, ready to go for Friday morning, instead, we're just going to push it live. So if you guys want to get early access and ad-free access to the podcast, patreon.com slash what's good games is the place to do it. So thank you to all of our new members (coughs) and, of course, our longtime supporters. We appreciate you sticking with us. And, Brittany, it looks like we have some new podcast reviews Viewers as well. Me
1: too. Some nice warm and fuzzies this week. We have Tom G. <laughs> T O M G Y I. Tom G. Tom G I. Thank you very much. And then Loaded Falcon 564. Thank you both so much again warm in the fuzzies gives us all of the warms and fuzzies take a shot every time i say warm and fuzzies i'm sorry i think i chewed that wine too hard and i think it like released some illegal chemical into my bloodstream and now I are can... you just like
2: instantly drunk i what think happened? so
1: i feel like i can like taste colors you know what i mean oh wow you yeah. found like a, that means the show is gonna be a good one oh, like hooping
2: we are not talking about hooping on the podcast okay i guess we are not talking about hooping on the podcast google it all right maybe you know, when no one else is around because it's not safe for work. Which means it's not safe for this podcast. Just <laughs> kidding. Most things that are not safe for work are safe for the <laughs> podcast. But I just don't want to talk about it. Instead, I would like to talk about Booty of a Different Kind. That's right. The one and only Luscious Bayonetta 3. Mm-hmm. I just assume that, you know, is it, she's going to look luscious. Because yeah. the gameplay we've seen so far looks pretty dang good. It's like a PG-13. She's coming on October 28th, everybody. Take that how, how you want. So <laughs> glad that this game finally has a release date we've been looking forward to this game for quite a few years now and apparently there's a special edition as well. That's exciting Brittany can you tell us all about
1: it? I'd love to it's called the Trinity Masquerade Edition and this comes from Destructoid which will be at Select Retailers and will provide a 200 page color art book on top of three reversible game cases for each entry of the series on Switch and I quote more details will be revealed in the future we also got some new info about Bayonetta 3 here we go there will be a Covenant Bayonetta with quote each member more fabulous than the last with settings that include Tokyo as well as the mountainsides of China and beyond we'll also get to play a witch in training named Viola a sword wielder and she's accompanied by Chishian, a cat's companion yeah like hey this is awesome I think this is wonderful that it's actually coming in October it feels like we went from zero to 90 with this game real quick it was so quiet for so long and now here we are with some lovely bayonetta. There's a lot of fan theories rolling around as to like what's going on with this game. And one of my favorite is from Oh
2: my gosh, this dude, summons dude, is ridiculous. Isn't
1: it the fucking best? <laughs> and one of my favorite comes from the Sphere Hunter. She's freaking wonderful, like my resident evil partner in crime. And she has this really cool multiverse theory that all these different bayonettas from the different games are gonna be summoned into this game. And it's just like a fun little rabbit hole to go down. And what I really appreciated about that is When I played the first one, I didn't play the second one because it was on Wii U and just, you know, LOL. But the first one, I was just like, okay, this is a fun button masher. I don't really understand what's happening. A lot of theatrics. It's fun to look at, but cool. Didn't pay a lot of attention to the story. But it sounds like if you really dig deep into it, there's some interesting shit going on with it that I might have to look into before I play Bayonetta 3. But all about it. Just look how good this looks. It looks so wild. It's just Bayonetta's own little thing. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I have so much fun when I play these games and I actually played them to completion on the (laughs) Nintendo Switch. So if you guys missed it, they had a Switch release a couple of years back and if you have yet to play either Bayonetta or Bayonetta 2, both are wonderful and fun and what's great about the way that Platinum designs their combat is that it can be as difficult or, you know, as approachable as you want it to be because they put varying difficulty levels in and then, you know, they have a traditional old japanese combat scoring system where you kind of get a grade you know at the end of each major boss sequence of how you did and as long as you really don't care what your grade is you can just enjoy the story and the amazing theatrics that are in these games the set pieces the larger than life boss fights and of course (sighs) bayonetta in her witchy wonderful self it's just such a fun game
1: i could just like watch her bayonetta exist you know, just pull up lawn chair and just watch her talk and watch her move. The other fun thing that was announced with this is the naive angel mode. I don't know if you ladies heard about this one, but Andrea, I have a link to the yes. video here in the bottom of the yes, show
2: Yes, I did hear about this. Okay, and
1: again, this comes from Destructoid. So they write, the series is known for being a little risque, but as Platinum tweeted, the naive angel mode will make some slightly explicit scenes a bit more appropriate for all ages. The post included a demonstration video, but it basically just covers Bayonetta up with more clothes actually I'm sorry that comes from IGN but yeah so if you've seen this it's pretty (laughs) remarkable I mean listen like Bayonetta has always been sexy as hell and she's usually naked and it's her hair that's covering her like that's the shtick and so this thing you're watching right now on YouTube it's like okay like cool she has some whatever this butterfly is that Bayonetta what is that?
2: That's like her, yeah, like a summons ability. Okay,
1: well, whatever. Like, her titties are covered up with a little spiral-like pastry. Not a big deal. This is the one here where she's essentially wearing a banana hammock, right? And she's strutting around, like, just barely a little piece of cloth covering her, looking hot as hell. Here, she's just buck-ass, completely naked. But then (laughs) it shows what it looks like with that naive angel mode on. And it gives her, um, yeah, like a latex, I don't know, bodysuit that she's known to be wearing.
2: So, like... Well, essentially, what it is, so, like, her... So, the Dia Bayonetta and, like, the way her costume works is that her hair is her costume right so when she goes into these specific combat modes her hair like, comes off of her body that w- as her costume and she uses it in combat and so what it looks to me like is that instead of animating her hair like being removed from her body they're keeping both of the animations and overlapping them so they leave the costume that she was wearing on but then the hair animation as it moves is still there and so it keeps her covered but also you still get the cool Hair animation too <laughs> Which I think is a really smart idea Yeah Because so her costumes are awesome What
1: do you feel about yes. The naive angel mode? It's a good thing I think it's great yeah.
2: I think it's yeah, great Yeah I think Why not? There's a much larger discussion To be had about Modesty And its place In video games And culture at large Which we are not gonna have Right now But I think it's great When a developer says Hey We have People around the world From varying Faiths Religions Backgrounds Lifestyles Cultures That maybe we want To be able to enjoy the story and the combat and the design of our game, why not make our game a little bit more accessible from a nudity standpoint by saying, hey, we'll just make sure we cover up when we can and where it's appropriate. Obviously, we just talked recently about artistic vision and how you can maintain artistic vision while also being accessible on a variety of levels and I applaud Platinum for saying hey we want more people to play our game so we're going to make it a little less sexy if you choose but if not booty cheeks
0: out booty cheeks out yeah here here honestly player choice is always going to be better in the long run for the longevity of a game for the accessibility like you mentioned Andrea and just also to give people like a little bit more autonomy and curating their player experience you know there's really no reason not to do it if you can and you have the dev resources and it's part of your roadmap like go ahead give people the option and i honestly kind of wish it was named sweet summer child mode but engine <laughs> mode. <is great>.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well platinum said you know in the
2: article i don't know if you already read that quote but uh-uh. turning it on you can play in the living room without having to worry about what's on the screen that's important for parents who are fans of this game and want to play and are maybe worried like well I can't play this if my kids might walk in and watch me playing and they'll be like, Oh, why is there, you know, like a half-naked lady on screen? Well, honey, her um, hair flies
1: off of her body when she's defeating the bad guys. It makes total logical sense.
2: Well, depending on the age of the person, I hope that parents out there listening would be encouraged to have a discussion about bodily agency and autonomy because we routinely refer to Bayonetta as a mm-hmm. textbook example of a female character with agency. And while the sexual objectification of a lot of characters in video games continues to exist, particularly you know female characters, Bayonetta is one of those that kind of defeats that argument because of the agency that she has in the way that her costume presents itself. And I think that, again, like, these examples are few and far between. So again, good job, Platinum. Claps for the booty cheeks.
1: But no, this is awesome. And you know, I was looking, I was thinking, like, damn, like, Nintendo's had a good year. You know, like, so far. Like, I mean, the year's halfway, half over, halfway over. But if you look at the games that we've gotten this year, and now you have Bayonetta 3, and then you have Xenoblade Chronicles, and you have Pokemon Scarlet and Violet coming out, you have Splatoon 3. We've already gotten Arceus, Kirby. Like, yay! Good job, Nintendo. You did it. Yeah. And And
2: Mario and Rabbids are coming later this year, which a lot of people are excited about as well. So. I'm just holding out hope for you know Super Mario Galaxy three, or if yeah. you know Nintendo wanted to bring the original Super Mario Galaxy to Switch, I mean I wouldn't kick that out of bed. I would probably buy that again, <laughs> probably at full price. Nintendo, like just let me throw my money at you again, and but be mad at it. We gladly if will. you're okay if you're okay with that situation. <laughs> Super Mario
0: Galaxy, please. Yeah, please cuss you out. Why we buy all of your products again? Oh man,
1: I know it's so. Are you into that Nintendo? I think. I think they are. I think they like getting verbally (laughs) assaulted by me. I think they like it. I think it's their kink. That's okay, cool. Do you think we're getting another Nintendo Direct before the end of the year, or do you think with Xenoblade Chronicles coming out in July, Splatoon coming out in September, Bayonetta coming out in October, and Scarlet and Violet coming out in November, Nintendo's like, we're good?
2: I think they're good. People hoping and praying that there's going to be new hardware before the end of the oh year no. in time for holiday are, you know, diluting themselves. You know, we keep talking about the worldwide chip shortage. Still happening. Still going. I think that we won't see hardware announcements until early 2023. Or if we do, we'll see a teaser or an announcement late 2022 for release in 2023. But nothing's coming out this year as far as like new hardware is concerned. Yeah. Like I said, I am a little disappointed that they don't have another mainline Mario game.
1: Yes. Some people might argue
2: that Mario plus Rabbids is that game. And I'm like, no, "No."
0: does not count. No,
1: no, I'm with you. I I mean, I think Nintendo is good, but I think they could very well come out with a direct before the end of the year. And yeah, where is that mainline Mario game? There's all those Donkey Kong rumors as well. I mean, okay, it's a rumor. Oh,
2: yeah, Donkey Kong. Right,
1: yeah, yeah. And I was-, was
2: Tropical Freeze the last game? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, oh, and that was a, that
2: was a long time ago. Yeah, it was I mean, a
1: Wii U that. title, Then it was obviously you know ported over, and it's done incredibly well because it's really good. But yeah, we're due for another one, another Mario game, and I don't know if any of you've seen the um, Fire Emblem screens of the new mainline game that have supposedly leaked, but that game is reportedly done and finished, and we're just kind of like waiting for what's going on with that. So yeah, I mean, like I think there's some good shit out there that could still come before the end of the year. I mean, it would be a killer end of the year for Nintendo if those come to be but either way we're sitting pretty i'm yeah. pleased
2: yeah speaking of nintendo no no one's just gonna uh, i thought someone was gonna pick it up that's fine kirby's dream buffet is a fall a guy style break? party game what's coming that? to switch what's <laughs> happening i should have i should have communicated a little bit clearer about what it's fine. i was just congratulating uh, you nin- on your segue oh thanks nintendo has announced kirby's dream buffet he's everybody's favorite overeater. Is that, is that a thing? I guess. I mean, he is, no. is Kirby technically an overeater? Kirby kind of he terrifies is, right? me. Yeah,
1: you know, after playing the Forgotten Land, like, the shit that dude can fit into it. Yes, that's what she said. Just plastered mm-hmm. all over this conversation. The things that little dude can fit in his mouth, and he can take any shape of anything. It's absolutely terrifying. And he eats the cutest animals. Like, what happens to him? Where do they go? Does he shit him out later? I've never seen piles of Kirby shit anywhere. Anyway, I digress. So, yes. <laughs> well, this no, is... that's a
0: good digression. Like that's Thank you. Before you get into the story, Andrea, like, if he doesn't shit is he eating or is he just consuming and then is he evapting? a black
1: hole and the inside of him Is it's just a ginormous black hole that portals everything he eats into an alternate dimension is
0: he a singularity
2: Hmm. wouldn't he just be well what is the difference between a singularity and a black hole is a singularity
0: just a small black hole i don't know but we can see all kinds of things in the galaxy now Where is Molly when we need her? Molly, stop making video games. Molly, Molly, help us. (laughs) Molly, please Uh, set us straight. What is Kirby?
2: Stop making video games and come be our science expert on the show. Please, no, don't, don't quit your job. No, we don't. Um, Don't quit. But yes. So anyway, let's talk about let's talk about Kirby's Dream Buffet. Okay.
1: Yes. So this game. Sees, quote, "...a gang of Kirby's rolling through a variety of food-themed stages in four rounds of frantic multiplayer fun." Mm -hmm. Nintendo's website shared some further details, saying that players can choose to race downhill against another player locally or online against other players. At least eight players were shown in one race. And it doesn't appear to just be a race to the finish, however, as players will need to eat as many strawberries, (laughs) wholesome as fuck, as they can on their way down. The more Kirby eats, the bigger it gets, and the faster it can roll toward the finish line, with the heaviest Kirby taking the crown. Players can also grab boxes to turn into different food items and gain certain power-ups.
0: Amazing. I love this. It's Katamari meets Fall Guys, and I'm so here for it. I love a
2: good party game. Oh, I never thought about that. That's exactly what it is. It definitely smacks of Fall Guys. But I love that they are putting a Kirby spin on it and we will lament when the game comes out (laughs) and it's multiplayer functionality, I'm sure. But it definitely looks cute. And of course, Nintendo has continued to excel at local co-op party games, which... This seems like a shoe-in. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean they they've done pretty good with Switch sports. I would say like if they can follow that format, it is not so clunky as other experiences I've had. But I mean you'll have to see with eight people that's that's a lot. I'm not sure. But if it is, what a win for Kirby, right? To be the shining example of multiplayer connectivity on Switch. Like, that's pretty big. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's just go ahead and continue
2: with our last couple of stories, because it's a pretty light news week, even though we have been talking about news for about 20 minutes. (laughs) As Rihanna so very deftly mentioned at the top of the show. Great job on the intro, by the way. Hey, thanks. I tried real hard. You did great. I appreciate that. And um, I like mixing it up. Yeah. You know, because I feel like people sometimes get a little bored of the intro Renee always doing the intro. I tell Brittany this all the time. And she's like, <laughs> Nah, I don't want to do it. I did it. She. You did do You've it. You've done it. Anyway, we're talking about the next story, which is Pop announced as a partner running E3 2023. So for people who aren't aware, ReadPop is the organization behind Penny Arcade Expo, commonly known as PAX. They are a giant entity that works on multiple different kinds of conventions around the country. And I thought that this was a super interesting slash very smart decision on the part of the ESA to team up with ReadPop for E3 going forward. 100%.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, like. E3 is in this weird transition period where we don't even know what it's supposed to look like or what it's going to look like. We've seen a lot of leaked decks. We heard things like cutainment, And I think the folks, I mean, I'll be- I forgot about that. Qtainment, it's going to be the next big thing. You know, and I think ReadPop stepping in, it's probably the best shot E3 really has. I think there's a lot of folks out there. I mean, there's us who are like, yeah, E3 is great. We love E3. We want it to come back. But there's a lot of folks out there who I think since it's kind of ceased to exist for the past, what, three years now? Two years, whatever. It doesn't even matter. You know, time is a flat doesn't circle. Matter. Does it Does it have a place? You know, look at the God of War Ragnarok release date announcement that has millions and millions of views and that was just a YouTube video. Does it make sense? Oh yeah,
2: God of War Ragnarok, got a Release Date. Oh yeah, it. by the way, that's the thing that's happening. We'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cost benefit, ROI, all those fancy terms in there. And I think if anyone can bring E3 back, to a place where you can get a lot of folks on board that think like yes this still has a place yes it is still very important to have a physical meetup it's probably people at read pop who obviously know what they're doing so hey like i'm all for it i will be the first one on the plane let me just say that (laughs) i want e3 back so bad and in any shape or form i don't care like i just want to be there you know i'm along for the ride
2: same as E. yeah yep so, in this story, which was published originally on gamesindustry.biz, but Britt, it looks like you pulled from GamesBeat, mm. it says that Kyle Marzenkish, Reed pops global VP of gaming, is going to lead the E3 team. He said, For years, we've listened, heard, and studied the global gaming community's feedback. E3 2023 will be recognizably epic a return to form that honors what's always worked while reshaping what didn't and setting a new benchmark for video game expos in 2023 and beyond. That is Hmm. quite a bar to set down. And I think that it's interesting that, you know, they call out recognizably epic like, what does that even mean exactly?
0: That's very interesting, considering they're saying they're setting the bar for, you know, what is it, video game expos when we have pretty well established best practices from events like Gamescom. It's interesting. It's a tall order. Like, we'll, we'll see how it gets pulled off, especially since, you know, as you two are really excited to get back to E3, it's in recent years been a consumer facing show, not necessarily insider for industry folks for you know, B2B connections. It's more B2C. And I mean, can ReadPop pull it off? we'll, we'll definitely see. I'm excited to see it work. Because if it can, if Qtainment works alongside with, you know, <laughs> behind closed doors interviews, that would be wonderful, right? It's the best of both worlds. But it is definitely a lot to try to take on, especially when we're just getting back to in-person events. It's
2: tough because ReadPop, as a, an expert in B2C events, as you mentioned, doesn't really have a ton of experience doing B2B events. I mean, they are known, of course, for things like Star Wars Celebration, EGX, even like New York Comic Con, right? Some really giant events, so like tens of thousands of people broaching 100,000 people or mm-hmm. more. So they absolutely have street cred when it comes to running these kind of conventions. For sure. But what made E3 so different before it became consumer-facing was that we got to get hands-on and see demos that you really only got to see if you were at the show. And the way that digital events evolved during the course of the pandemic, I really am curious how an in-person event of that scale is going to work and what you know developers are going to bring. It's something we talked about after you and I went to Summer Game Fest Play Days, about how that show was really well done. And again, shout out to Jeff Keeley and the whole team at I Am 8-Bit for putting together a really fun weekend. But it was clearly missing a lot of the heavy hitters that E3 is known for. And it'll be interesting to see who's going to be on board to jump in for 2023 and who's still kind of like, hey, we're going to keep marching to the beat of our own drum. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's just it, right? I think that's something that we've all learned over the past couple of years is, and again, like our little bubble here, when you're at E3 and we've been all going, I mean, I know Andrea and I have been going for at least 10 years at this point. Re, I don't know how many you've just the one. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's... What? Just one? Just
2: one. (laughs) We gotta fix that. You must know the chicken tender... lifestyle that is
1: but that's e3. like what i'm getting at is those e3s i mean like the hustle like no that's not going away but you know i think those no. those glory days, i don't want to call them glory days because then i sound like a gatekeeper that's not what i'm trying to say like the e3 that we know it wasn't
2: it was glory days there's nothing wrong I know, with that but like, i don't think it's gate i don't think um, it's gatekeeping yeah, yeah.
1: there was plenty of
2: consumer facing events i don't think that there's a world where e3 has to be non-consumer facing they just need to as they said honor what's worked while reshaping what didn't. That's literally what Kyle is saying here in his quote, and that's And as we order. mentioned Gamescom, yeah. even TGS, Tokyo Game Show, I think did a better job of managing a business and media focused section of their show and then also managing a consumer facing portion. I mean, doing, you know, media business days and doing consumer days is not a new concept. It's just one that ESA Watched, right? They just didn't do it well. Yeah,
1: no, you're right. So yeah, like basically what I'm saying is I think a lot of companies and publishers have learned during the course of the pandemic, like, hey, we can generate just as much hype without having to spend millions of dollars on floor space. We can put out a 30 second trailer and we can announce Bayonetta's release date. We can announce God of War Ragnarok's release date and get millions of hits and millions of views. You know, they look up the numbers later. I'm sure it's going to be just fine. So that's why I'm so curious to find out is will it look the same? Obviously not, because there has to be that balance now. You know, they need the consumers there. Yeah. Like what is E3 going to look like going forward? How many people are going to hop on board? And can Pop convince folks that this is a convention that still needs to happen? And that's like, you know. Anyway, Rhea, I'm excited for you. We'll go through it together. (laughs) I
2: don't think they don't have to convince anybody, Brittany. Like, I think they're going to do great. I think they're going to do great, too.
1: I'm ready. Bring it back. There's the people. Let's do it. They're like, we don't know if we need this. Do we actually need this? I mean, we see them all the time. Vocal minority.
2: Vocal minority. We We will find out. I say, if you're so jaded that you think E3 is stupid, maybe you shouldn't be in video games. Maybe. I've always
1: Ooh. said, I mean, that's, oh, that's no, right. she's not wrong. I said it. That's always. I said it. No, thank you. Like, that's, again, like, I'm not <laughs> going to go down a ramp, but whatever. We don't have a lot of news this week. That always bothered me, even before the pandemic, when everyone be like, oh, E3 is coming. Oh, God, E3. Oh, I have to go to E3. It's like, no, you don't. There's a line (laughs) of thousands of people that will happily take your place. Like, going to E3 back in the day, like, that was a rite of passage. That's something you generally had to work very hard to obtain. And it was so – I loved – it was so energizing. I loved every minute of it. But it was always the cool thing to complain about it on Twitter. Yes, it's a very tiring event. Yes, you will be exhausted. Yes, you will need a friend to bring you a chicken tender and save your life. Like, it's going to happen. But it's just such a cool thing. And it just makes me mad that everyone thought it was a cool thing to shit all over it.
0: (gasps) That's the internet. So, par for the course a little bit. I
1: mean, and I want to be clear. We're not absolving
2: the ESA of their wrongdoings, of their mistakes – of the areas in which they absolutely need to improve. That's not what's happening here. I think where Brittany and I are coming from, as people who have been covering video games media for over a decade, (gasps) this year would have been my 14th E3, if there was E3 in 2022, is that this event continues to excite not only us as longtime members of the media, but it continues to excite consumers around the world. And as we mentioned, when E3 went away, nobody does destination content like e3 and we've seen a smattering of disjointed showcases put together over the last couple of summers during the pandemic as people are trying to hold a semblance of normalcy together and i you know applaud them for making the effort because it's it's been tough on all of us and it's been tough on devs and marketing teams and consumers alike But you know what? Video games are making more money than
1: ever. (laughs) So (laughs)
2: somebody's reaping the benefits and it's because people are excited about video games and continue to be excited. And I think that's why E3 is going to succeed. And that's why I'm so excited that they partnered with ReadPop because they needed help, right? And this is the ESA saying, we need to bring a heavy hitter in video game and nerd culture conventions, Repop in and Repop was hurting, so I'm sure they approached the ESA and were like, "Let's help each other here. Yeah, we need help because our business has suffered. You need help because you got a corner on the market and you were doing things good, but then you kind of lost your way. Let's help each other, and then rising tide lifts all boats." Yeah, so that's what I'm really hoping happens. So, do you here.
1: think Keely and Repop partner up? What do you think happens? No.
2: I think ReadPop absolutely had to sign some kind of crazy
1: contract oh, yeah. with,
2: with the ESA. This is a line that in the sand. They can't do. Mm. Yeah, they could obviously probably keep PAX because it was a it's a legacy contract of theirs. But I would imagine that they can't also help at Summer Game Fest, at least not at the same timeline. They would have to be Summer Game Fest couldn't run concurrently with E3. Why they would want to, I yeah. don't know. But that would be my guess is that they didn't. But also like IM8Bit doesn't need ReadPop's help. IM8Bit's good. They know what they're doing. And I don't imagine Summer Game Fest play days to become an event the scale at which a PAX or an E3 is. It didn't seem like, it seemed like from the conversations I had, and obviously those conversations are going to evolve as they continue to do it, it felt like more of a boutique style event. Something smaller, more curated,
0: a little bit more, you know,
1: casual. Yeah. Yeah. Intimate.
0: That's a good Intimate. The insider Mm -hmm. view. Oh.
1: Yeah. That's a different kind of intimacy, baby girl. (laughs) Shabow! What the fuck is Shabau? Why did I just say that? I don't it's, know. It it's fine. It's this weird, like illegal substance that's in this weird rose. Well you did
0: snort it, it, so I did accidentally
1: no. snort. Um
2: not to like belabor this point, but Rhea, I do want to ask you a question. Because yeah. I'm not I can't remember if we've ever actually talked about it on the show or not. But as somebody who has worked for a publisher and worked with development teams and kind of seen the amount of work that goes into making builds that, you know, are part of marketing for the games. Mm-hmm. Do you think that developers are excited about E3 coming back the same way that consumers are excited? Or do you think they
0: all were like, oh, no, we were hoping it was done"? Oh, no. I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. It really depends because, yes, building playable demos and vertical slices takes time out of a dev cycle to release a game one time, right? So it's all a balancing act. That's nothing new. However, I do see a number of developers and publishers being really excited excited for this focal point in the year, because then they have a target they can build to every 12 to six months, you know, they can build out their calendar, they can account for this time, they can plan ahead. What's really been difficult on the marketing and specifically on the dev side is like not knowing when you're going to show something not having that big, huge moment where all eyes are on games at the exact same time. And that's what really makes it challenging in order to build out a marketing calendar and in order to build out even alpha and beta calendars. It's like not having a really clear time when people are excited to come in and hear about what you're working on means you're just kind of like shooting in the dark. You may pick the same date as a big, huge AAA release or, you know, first party for Sony or Xbox or Nintendo. And then, you know, nobody's listening to anything but that. It really makes it tough to choose when you're going to have that milestone and when you all have the same target, it makes it a lot easier to plan ahead. So I can definitely see this being a huge relief for lots of teams in that, you know, first party and second party your double A space where you really know exactly what you're targeting. So you can allocate those resources, move it outside of your traditional you know, development calendar, and it's not going to compete with that same timeline. Whereas right now, in at least in the last two years, it's been such a moving target. Like, when are we going to show things? When is Xbox having their showcase? When is Bethesda going to do something? When is Sony going to release a new update? Like, nobody really knows when to expect the news. So consumers and devs don't know when to communicate with each other. So I think this helps a lot. And I'm excited to see E3 come back for that reason. And lots of other reasons, too. Because I want to go to a more. Yep.
2: Thank you, Rhi. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think it's... Like, spot on. Thank
0: You're you. You're welcome. Thank you for your perspective.
2: Now, a couple quick, in case you missed it, as we uh, alluded to, God of War Ragnarok got a release <gasps> date, everybody. Really? Woo! Wave the flags! Of course, it happened after we posted our episode, <laughs> and we were like, is God of War actually coming yeah. out? Can it compete with with Elden Ring? Blah, blah, blah. So, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm glad November seems like a great time for this game. And I need more adventures. Yeah, November I still need 9th. to play the first one. November 9th, sorry, is the date. <laughs> I got you. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Ri, yeah, you do. Thanks. You definitely need to play that. Wowzers. I
0: do. Now I have a deadline. Wait, what?
1: You haven't played it yet? I've played parts
0: of it. I need to play the game. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know it what seems- happens if that okay. helps. Have I've seen, seen people play it. No. Okay. Okay. Re, I can't. Oh. Okay.
2: You- I'm so excited for you, Re. Uh-huh. Because the game is so good. This this. Is, You're going to have so much fun. This is
1: one of those games that, you know, that question that goes around once in a while. If you could erase your memory and replay any game for the first time, like yeah. over again. Yes. This is one of those games. Exactly. Just like oh, It's just a <laughs> masterpiece. We've talked about that. We, we've circle jerked around God of War a lot. But like literally masterpiece. It is just that good. It's that yeah. Corey. That Corey knows what he's doing
0: that Corey that Corey
2: kid <laughs> sure does apparently there was a new trailer which I didn't see.
0: Oh, no, I'm excited to play it. I'm excited to oh. play the first one because I do know that is objectively great. Like, oh yeah. It, so I'm I'm looking forward to having that experience for just the first don't time.
1: Play it when you have an ear infection, like Samir did, and you'll say oh. it, it was a fine game.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is it is this a headphones on kind of game? Is it a very oh. high audio game? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh the c- the crunchy snow. Oh, the crunchy snow, mm-hmm. snow crunches.
1: Just the, I think about when you're throwing the Leviathan and it comes. Is it is that what it's called? The axe? The axe. That just mm-hmm. came to my head. Props to me for remembering that after all these years. Anyway, when it yeah. oh the, how weighty it feels when it comes back to you, mm. oh and how pretty it
2: is. We like we called it like a mm. masterclass of yeah. video game design and development. Like the game is just it's just ridiculously. Good. Now you can
1: play it's, it like
2: on all and levels. We can all fast story to it animation combat. Yeah, oh. we'll we'll play in fat
1: God of War. Preaching the good word. Yep. yep.
2: Also, quick shout out to uh, TMNT. They announced that Shredder's Revenge has sold more than one million copies Yay! of the game. Snaps for Hell TNT. Yeah. Well and they deserved. have that cool That's console incredible. coming out. I
0: saw over in the on X-Play with the one ah, Danny Pena.
2: I also saw Danny's video. <laughs> um, at Godfrey on Twitter is where you can watch a bunch of Danny's videos. And they unveiled this custom... Shredder Xbox That has like Shredder like Reaching out Excuse of The console Excuse me what? It's, like- it's pretty dope Oh okay Let me see if I can f- Let me see if I can Pull okay. it up for this you This is awesome Brittany. This makes
1: me so happy you know, like I said, these sorts of games typically aren't my favorite, but even I even though I, I love my time with it, I cannot deny how well done it was. And there's so much replayability there. It's an absolute gem of a game, especially if you love those retro beat-em-ups. Like you can't go wrong playing this. So props to everybody involved because like, yeah, fuck yeah, bring back the retro goodness. Well, if I have it.
2: I'm trying to find it, but I keep scrolling past all of these announcements about Danny loves video games based <laughs> on the true story of Danny Pena. Which if you missed Danny's announcement, congrats to our friend he is working on a children's book that is coming in english and spanish that's based on the story of his life which is super awesome
0: yeah yeah he's very excited he's working on it with uh his cousin and his cousin's wife, they have a publishing company called Two Quality People. They have many books, actually, on Amazon Bookstore. And, yeah, they, they focus on telling stories for children about how you can reach for your dreams and to believe in yourself and to really work hard and try to do the things that make you really excited and happy in life. And this is just another entry in the series. He's really, really excited. I'm
1: going to need a copy for my kids so I can read it. Yeah. Oh, my God, this Xbox is fucking incredible. Okay, here.
0: I, go. I found the video. <laughs> Holy
2: Here's the Xbox. There's Danny. He's on the set of G4. So that's Shredder like reaching through <laughs> the console, and you got the the Foot Clan thing on the back. It says Cowabunga. I mean, the design on this thing is pretty it neat. Is pretty wow. Neat.
1: Holy shit! That's a display. Piece. That's not a console.
0: Yeah, the fact that it yeah. works no, you is don't probably play that, right? Like, <laughs> negligible. Right? Like you're never gonna plug it in. Hopefully, no. Just put it in a case and never touch High it. Up.
1: And if you have kids, like and put it in a case. It. and Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It. Good stuff.
2: Good stuff. And lastly... Uh Brittany, yeah. got some, uh, some news for us. I do.
1: The Resident Evil Netflix series, ladies and gentlemen, is coming, I guess, by the time you, this podcast is out, the 14th. Ladies, in four and a half hours, it's mm-hmm. coming to Netflix. You bet your sweet, sweet summer asses Ooh. that I'm going to be staying up to watch at least the first episode of it. Yeah, so this is the, and if you're like, yo, how many fucking Resident Evil adaptations are there? There's a lot. <laughs> you're not wrong. We had Welcome to Raccoon City, which just came out. And then we had the Infinite Darkness CG Netflix series that came out as well. This is a live action one with Lance Riddick as Wesker and it follows him and his two daughters who would ever bone Wesker who knows are probably made in labs because like who would fuck that man. I don't know, but <laughs> I digress and it follows two different timelines and so I've been reading because all the reviews came out today and some of the reviews are, you know, like uh, this kind of sucks or like and uh, the only thing that's good about this are the actors performances or like uh, Resident Evil just needs to like stop making like films and shit. But then GameSpot had a review, and their headline is, Easily the Best Adaptation of the Zombie Franchise Yet. Now, is that saying a lot? Not really. (laughs) But still, that got me all hot, bothered, and excited. So I will come back next week, and I will let you know my thoughts about it. But this is something that I think a lot of people actually kind of forgot about, because, you know, there's just a lot of news happening right now, and, you know, it's just not getting all all of the hype. So don't forget, it's on Netflix. I think, I don't know how many episodes are in the series, but enjoy!
2: I feel like we should discuss... Having a special one-off series of Britney reviews, the Netflix series. Oh, sure. Mm. Let me just
1: carve out a big chunk of free time that I have. And I absolutely. <sighs>
2: we could just bulk shoot it. I don't know. I <laughs> would love to hear it. Let a, girl, let a girl dream about making content. I know. I, you know, you I'll know. fantasize
1: right there with you, baby. And then when it's time to actually <laughs> turn on the camera and record, we'll just cry into our glasses of alcohol and realize, ha, ha, ha,
2: ha, ha. <laughs> Mm Oh, so sad. Mm -hmm. On that sad note, just kidding. We're (laughs) going to be back to talk about what we've been playing. Stick with us, everybody. We'll see you in a minute. Welcome back, everybody. It is the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast, where we talk about video games that we are playing and any events that we have been to, which Rihanna and I are going to an event soon that's top secret, but we'll be able to tell you about it. But right now, I want to tell you that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN. Now, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy, but choosing a VPN that you trust is equally important. So let me tell you why I choose ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN doesn't log your online activity. Lots of cheap or even free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers. You hear about this all the time, about how your data and privacy is just up for the highest bidder. But ExpressVPN doesn't do This. They even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. And of course, they're fast. You want everything to be super speedy when you're browsing online. And ExpressVPN uses Lightway, a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. Now, I've tried a couple of different VPNs in the past, and they can sometimes slow my connection down, and I hate seeing those loading screens, right? We are all so expectant of everything to just work instantly. But ExpressVPN is always blazing fast, and it lets me stream my videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Now, the last thing that sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. You don't need any technical skills to get it set up. You just fire up the app, hit that button, connect, and that's it. Even your grandparents could do it. Now, you might have to help them get the app installed on their phone, but hitting the button that's the easy part. Now, it's not just me saying this, you guys. Business Insider, The Verge, and many other tech journals rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN in the world. So if you guys want to protect yourself with the VPN that we use and trust, use our link, expressvpn.com slash games today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash what'sgoodgames visit expressvpn.com slash what's good games today speaking of games that we've been playing I know I mentioned something about events we've been playing some video games even new ones if you can believe it
1: what a time to be alive Andrea
2: (laughs) I know before Rihanna and I talk about our co-op adventures shooting things (laughs) (laughs) in high-speed fashion let's talk about Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes.
1: Ah, ah, praise all the gods for this game. I, 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 <laughs> I. Okay, so, Simon and I talked about our love for Fire Emblem Three Houses. God, when did that game come out? I don't know, years ago. It feels like. And um, one of the things I love the most about that game, or the thing I did love the most about that game, was the characters. Such a great cast of characters in Three Houses, and I just wish, you know, I've always wished that we could get more from that game and more specifically from the story and characters. And then here comes along Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. And now this is a uh, Muso game. I think it's it's like a Dynasty Warriors game, but I think all the cool kids call it a Muso game. If you remember me talking about Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity and what a great time I had with that one, specifically because of the way that it expanded the Breath of the Wild lore and kind of opened up some interesting plot points for the next Breath of the Wild, you won't be surprised to know that I I really am enjoying Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. And what's interesting about this is that this game takes place, I guess, and I'm not entirely sure because I haven't finished it yet, I'm about 20 hours in and I still barely halfway through so I don't know exactly like what it's going for entirely yet but it's definitely an alternate universe Fire Emblem Three Houses game where you Byleth the main character starts off as an antagonist and it's you, you play as a mercenary, and you can import your old save, and by import your old save, you just get like some extra bonuses and something. Not anything super spectacular, but like Three Houses, you can choose which house you want to side with. And of course, I'm going with Golden Deer, because Claude is my husbando, and Steimer even agrees that he's the hottest character, even though uh, I digress. She and I have had a lot of text messages about <laughs> this. <laughs> but what's really great about it is it is like that Dynasty Warriors-type gameplay with a Fire Emblem spin on it. And now I am definitely playing on baby ass baby mode because as much as I love the tactical combat of the Dynasty Warriors games, the Musou games, it's not something I, you can really be as tactical as you'd like. I don't want to micromanage it. I want to be able to say, hey, OP character, go over here and kick this character's ass or like, hey, OP character, you have an advantage over this character. You should go over there and kick that character's ass. And it works in the Fire Emblem way where, you know, if you have someone on a flying mount, they're going to be weak against bows. So it, it has that little twist to it. That you can also pair up with other members in your... Convoy is what they call it, but except essentially your house, and you can increase your bonds with them. You know, you have all the same items and some fun skills that are exclusive to Fire Emblem, so the combat itself definitely feels Dynasty Warriors-y, but with a Fire Emblem twist on it. The part that I'm loving, sinking a lot of my time into, is the stuff outside of the combat. So you have support conversations, those are back. You can recruit characters from other houses. There is a time skip, and if you play that game, you know how fucking cool that is. I think what I just love, the absolute most about this is, while it's not a direct continuation of Three Houses, it's a good way to visit this, I can't say even the same world, because it's not, it's kind of like an alternate universe, but these characters again, and see them in a new situation, and they all have these fun new redesigns. And it's just been so much fun going back to this. And like I said, I'm doing absolutely everything. I think you can mainline the game in like 16 to 20 hours. But like I said, I'm 20 hours in. and not even halfway done yet. So I anticipate I'll get at least a good 45, 50 hours out of this game. Oh my God. It's just so wonderful to go back and just, you know, see these people again. And it just reminds me how much I love Three Houses. So if you're like me and you absolutely love Three Houses, but you're not really super keen on the Dynasty Warriors musou type games, Don't fret. Like, still, like, play this. Turn it down to easy. There's a really easy way to get high levels. You can just buy and to level up, and you can just kind of breeze through the combat. You can be as good as the at the combat you want to, or you can just slack off as much as you want. Either way, like, you're not gonna lose unless you know you stop following directions. But yeah, like, you can just enjoy the the story and the characters again. And I would absolutely recommend it. So it's getting a glowing review for me. I would say definitely one of my favorite games this year. I don't know if it's my game of the year but it's definitely up there so yeah it's great go fire emblem
0: yeah awesome. um,
1: yeah oh it's so good oh my god I don't think there's romance though is the only thing but that's okay it's all good Yeah,
0: romance can be in your head oh it is yeah the fan yeah
1: oh it's absolutely in my head my whole head is archive of your own like it's fine <laughs> if you don't know Andrea's like what
0: yeah I saw
2: that romance slash mass effect was trending oh. today oh mm-hmm of all things. I don't know if you noticed no. that. I had opened up Twitter at one point and it was like, "Why is Mass Effect trending? Did I miss an announcement?" And it was just like some story about how the devs at BioWare didn't know that people wanted to bang. Oh, I saw Garris that. so read- bad. <laughs> Garrus is like number 1. And I was right? like, "Oh. No, Liara's Bae. Uh-huh. But you can have Garrus can be your number 1." Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was Tali and Garrus. people were You're like, like he into and the devs were like, Okay, did not see that coming, but sure, we'll make it a thing. And they did.
0: I mean, yeah, if you give us the option I to mean, fall in love with aliens, we're gonna fall in love with aliens. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, the
2: amount of you know, stands out there for characters that I never would have imagined from Mass Effect is never ceases
0: to are there <laughs> wreck stands,
2: please. No.
1: Oh there yeah. Oh Of yeah. course
2: there are. Oh yeah, the fan the the Rex fanfic. You don't want to go down that path, or maybe you do. Sure, Maybe don't. that's what you've been looking
1: for. <laughs>
2: Highly do not. But you know what? I'm happy for y'all. I think Thane is the one that like that really surprised me. That lots of people Thane. are like, yes, give me the, all the gills. I think It was his voice. Mm. Yeah, he had a oh, great yeah. voice. I mean, and he's an assassin. Yeah, yeah, sexy. He has
1: like a, an aura. Danger, yeah, danger. You know? That smooth, silky, deep voice. Oh, mm. that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. We're not picky. Doesn't matter, especially if you're an alien. Bar's very low. Just don't kill us. We'll bang you. That's
0: fine. <laughs> or do I don't know?
2: Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's not my bar. That could be Britney's <laughs> bar. Oh, <though>. We talked <laughs> Just about don't kill this. Me. What
1: did you say? You appreciate how open I am to. I don't know what it was, but we we've <laughs> talked about this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it's going to be have. flexible when you're looking for love <gasps> oh, in the, the cosmos.
1: It, it's, it's, <laughs> oh my God, Reese! So perfectly well said. Be flexible when looking for love in the cosmos.
2: I feel like we got to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I, be flexible that while looking me. for love in the cosmos. That moves me. And it can be like the graphic can be like an alien doing like the upside down splits Ooh, or something.
1: Oh. I like it.
2: Okay. New t-shirt idea coming to the What's Good Game Store. Probably never because who has time to get that design? Somebody wants me? to draw it and tweet at us? Yeah. <sighs> you know, you we'll let stop me know. It on a shirt. The internet. <laughs> and we will make it happen. Like, we made some multiplayer sessions of video games happen, which seems so few and far between for me these days. But shout out to Joey Noel, friend of the show, Joey. of course, of Kind of Funny, who played with Rihanna and I in Outriders World yes. Slayer. So thank you to Square Enix for providing us with copies of the expansion for us to get our hands on with it. We talked about... How Re got to play a little bit of this at Summer Game Fest while we were there, and how I had to sort of pull her away from the gameplay <laughs> station to be like, we got to go do some I little I could have stayed there the whole day. And yeah, it was fun, and our time together also Yay. fun. I forgot just how much fun Outriders is. And again, shout out to the team at People Can Fly who developed this game. And, you know, just to echo some of the sentiments from the. Talk that I had with some of the team members That were there at Summer Game Fest play days You know they said like their whole thing Was we just want to make the game really fun Yes of course you know the design Of the RPG mechanics matter The weapons matter how you guys Play together matters and of course The the narrative is actually pretty good But at the core of it they're like we just want it to Mm. be
0: Fun and
2: I mean They nailed nailed it. it
0: It's fun. 100%. Yeah, I've been loving getting back into Outriders, and I'm so excited to have this reason to boot it up again. And it was maybe uh, a bit of a catch-up for us to get through the end of the main story to get to the end credits. Yeah,
2: (laughs) definitely was. Uh, I mean, we hadn't played in a hot minute so we kind of you know had a little bit of learning to do thankfully Re and I got to spend a little time just playing the two of us before big boss Joey (laughs) came in and was like oh what you guys aren't even at max
0: level yet oh what you don't have all the stuff unlocked yet and we're like Joey help us we just finished (laughs) our skill trees but no it's been it's been great and for, for those who have played Outriders or who aren't as familiar there are now multiple skill trees to upgrade so in addition to all of the the loot shooter goodness that Outriders already provided. We now have in addition to your normal skill tree upgrade and then the add-on ascension points, which can give you some additional upgrades, we have the PAX points that you're earning. So the ascension levels come quickly. PAX points a little bit less frequently, but the point being, you have now three different ways you can customize and upgrade your path and your skill trees, and you can respec any of them at any time for zero cost. Thank and God. Honestly, it's just
2: Yeah, snaps uh, to that. Yes. Snaps to just saying, Hey, oh my you know God. what? We want you to have fun. We don't want you to be punished because you decided you want to change the way you play yes. this game. Like, why can't more teams
0: understand that like that's a cool thing to it do? Is. Like <laughs> respect my time, you know? I respect your game. Respect my time. And oh, yeah. I love that because respecking is also a little bit necessary in some of these boss fights because they are mega hard. Like this is not whoa, this yes, is not are. the main game. This is absolutely <laughs> late game. This is new game plus type material. You are working for these points mm-hmm. and this XP, and they really force you—not in an unpleasant way, but they really encourage you. I should say to re-examine the way you've been playing the game so far, which is something really exciting for an expansion to do. And it also encourages you to examine your teamwork a little bit more closely. Like there's several boss fights that we've gotten into where we need everyone on the team to have an interrupt. And I play, this is really in the weeds, but I play as a technomancer. I don't have many interrupt options to keep a boss from powering up against us. So it actually forced me to go back and respec most of my class in order to get stronger in that particular type of skill. And I have not experienced a late game or in a game expansion that has really forced me to go back and play in a new way like that. And I can't imagine how long. Like, honestly, I can't think of another time that has happened. And it's really exciting because it brings this new life into Outriders and a game that we spent many, many hours playing. And and it feels new. Like, it feels like a new challenge. There are new attributes that can be added to different guns and class armor and different things in your weapons and also the things that you have on your body. Obviously, you can transmog anything you want, but now you actually have an additional skill on each of those things. So instead of two being the maximum with like the highest level type of loot you can find, you now have three possibilities of different mods. And if you get into, you know, even higher levels, you can customize those as well with the resources that you find. So there's just so much more game to dig into. And and I really haven't seen an expansion do this much overhauling of the way that you're going to approach each and every encounter. And like I said, I can't imagine how long.
1: I think what's exciting is you're making it sound like it's fun. Sometimes yeah. like this min-max shenaniganry or respecting can be a real pain in the ass, but it sounds like it's a fun little challenge instead.
2: It is. Okay. Yes. And like, God bless a transmog system that doesn't cost anything. <laughs> like, why on earth do I need to pay to change the look of my armor if I've already unlocked the armor in the game? Like it's different if you're trying to sell me like a custom armor set that's a cosmetic piece of DLC. Like, I've already said I have no problem paying for that. I've paid for it in many, many Destiny. games and would probably pay for it in Outriders if they sold, like, full sets of of transmogable, like, ornaments like Destiny does, right? Yes, we definitely right? would. Yes, we 100% would. So, people can fly in Square if you're listening and you want to make some more money, you know, <laughs> you can sell us some pretty stuff. But I just love how at every step of the way, the team at People Can Fly have just looked at the Industry and what other multiplayer Games in this genre are doing and said How can we kind of take down a barrier Or a sticking point for gamers and say Let's just make this more fun to play. You just come in and have fun playing. And you bring up a really great point about the game in the sense that it really kind of forces you to rethink how you were playing the game before. And it's tough sometimes when you're in a class based game where you're into the end game content, you know, potentially hundreds of hours, dozens of hours in To the game and going, well, do I really want to change? Because I feel like I know and I like the way that my character plays. But what's great about some of the boss designs, as you mentioned, is that you really do have to stop and go, okay, these guns that I have aren't working. I either need to craft something or I need to go grind like another mission to see if I can get a different drop. And they allow you to auto-delete certain levels of drops that you don't want. They allow you to basically craft any kind of gun you want, too, as long as you've unlocked the attributes or the mods that you want to use by picking up another weapon and dismantling it, they go into your library and then you can basically craft the gun of your dreams. And there is a cost to that, of course, you know, I think that makes sense, right? They can't just like unlock the keys Mm -hmm. of the kingdom and put you in God mode. (laughs) They have to give you a reason to keep playing. But I love that the team said, we want you to think about how you're going to play at these higher levels, these higher difficulties. But they also made it meaningful because sometimes when you get into this end game content and you're super high level, everything just feels easy peasy. My goodness, these world tiers, these ascension levels that you go up, they mean business. The bosses soak damage the ads overwhelm you and from the levels that we've played so far in the expansion every level design and every boss that we've come across has been a little mm. bit different and doesn't feel very samey because i know that that was a criticism that this game got when it first came out was that ah, uh, the enemies seem like very stereotypical like run and gun mm. like enemies that you find in any game of this genre and i was like Listen, I didn't come to this game expecting them to reinvent the wheel when it comes to AI for enemies. I expected top tier gunplay that was super fun and people can fly delivered on that. And while it isn't in Xbox Game Pass, the the base game was... And so if you had fun playing it as part of your membership, kick them a couple bucks and buy the expansion. The team told me they can not they can only make more if you know Square says <laughs> that they can make more. So I guess that that means if they sell some copies, <laughs> they can make some more. Because this was the one of the few franchises that didn't get the axe when Square did their big cuts a little while back. So Square Enix still owns this IP and I would like to see more from Absolutely. this world. Yeah, I
0: want a sequel, like immediately. <laughs>
1: I remember having so much fun with that game. I think we were very pregnant at the time, Andrea. I can't Okay. <laughs> yes, we were. Everything like mm-hmm, like i said before. Everything around that time frame was a blur. And again, like everything around that time frame for me, I don't remember the specifics. All I remember is how it made me feel. And what I remember about Outriders is Jason and I had so much fun playing that. We turned the ascension levels, I think that's what you had mentioned earlier, whatever it was called. They were world, world tiers okay. before. We cranked those up yeah. to the very max. And we got our game. asses kicked, but we loved the strategy of it all because I was the big big one, which is the what now? Big class, the oh I can't remember what it was. No, Let me see what the destiny? other classes
0: are. Remember. We're all we're all pyro pyrotechno. Titan all is right. in
2: destiny. That that's that is correct. I'm yeah, so Joey and I are pyromancers, so you must have been yes, the devastator exactly.
1: And I had this badass like spike attack, and I had this cool attack where I could lock onto something and like jump in the air and like zoom down on him. And they were just such unique abilities to that sort of class. They weren't just all face tanky. And so with Jason and I, you know, doing our little special like combos and whatnot, it was just an absolute blast. And I remember the combat system was just so fun. All the equipment, the loot you get, ugh, and all the skills. It's all coming back to me. And watching some of the footage in here and y'all talk about it. A fucking elden ring
2: join us join I gotta, us i gotta get over us. elden ring
1: but i can't i'm hooked i'm hooked
2: oh it's got it's it's got a well, you know teethy, you know what it huh? is it's
1: that now that everyone's played it they know where all the best weapons are where all the best spells are i don't have time to find all that on my own yeah. so it's fun just to look at a little guide and be like okay today we're going here and we're doing this that and the other but yeah that's that's the best part that makes it much more enjoyable
2: but anyway Hey, as long as you're playing a game and having fun, that's all that matters. And, you know, I want to keep playing this game and keep unlocking stuff because there's a whole new skill tree, as Rihanna mentioned, with the PAX points. Mm. You know, the story stuff that we've learned so far has been really interesting. And they've kind of opened the door to new things that we haven't quite seen how it's going to play out yet. And I always was impressed when I was playing this game, the original base game, just how much the story grabbed me in a way that I was like, I just chalked it up that it was gonna be another, like, you know, almost like a shoot 'em up that I was just gonna have fun, like bullet spraying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not unlike Bullet Storm, you know, a people can fly game from what seems like yeah. eons ago, but I've actually been really into Good. it. So. I see, Ree that you've crossed something out in the show notes. Are you waiting to discuss what you have crossed out, or are we no longer I'll discussing I'll
0: wait till it? I discuss it, and I'll say as maybe like a quick little teaser, a preview, if you will, I need to play okay. this game on a different platform before I can really talk about it fairly. Okay. So maybe next week I'll That's give an good. update on a game that I know a lot of people are excited about and lots of leaderboard fights that are happening right now. Yes. I
2: have seen a lot about this game. We will keep it a mystery for everybody. Maybe you can guess. Leave us a comment if you think you know which game Rihanna is talking about. But uh, overall, it's been a really nice little pickup time because it was a little bit slow for the last couple of weeks, and now we're getting some fun releases. And, you know, I recently saw somebody on Twitter. I think it was Technic, one of the Twitch streamers that I've hosted with a a Twitch Mentioned that he's like, I sometimes just want to go back and play some old games and don't always want to play the new hotness. And I think it's been I think it's a good thing to remind ourselves as lovers of video games, whether you're in the content creation business like we are, or you're just a fan and consumer and you like listening to podcasts and watching streams, that it's all right to go back and play something that you've loved before or that you missed before, or you don't always have to play like the new hotness. I mean, there are great games coming out all the time. That's never going to stop. But there's also, like, this giant library of amazing games that have already been released. Yeah. And that's okay.
1: As the president, I love to play retro video games. I can absolutely attest to that. You know how bad I want to go back and play Earthbound again, Breath of Fire 3, Final Fantasy 7, Final <laughs> Fantasy 9? Oh, every day. I no, think about it. No. Every single day.
2: As someone who has to host the show with you, please don't. <laughs> please <laughs> I'm wounded. Don't. <laughs> ladies
1: <laughs> <Please laughs> and gentlemen you do this bullshit she's just like it's totally no, okay please, to go back no, and play games that play a happy. legacy
2: game that you haven't played yet that you haven't played uh, yet spread your wings and explore a game that has come out Maybe 10 years ago, that like, you like 10 years ago. What? A lot of people talked about that game, and I never actually oh, played that game. I wonder ladies how good gentlemen. that game. 10 years ago was 2012, an amazing year. Oh, it year absolutely for video was. Games.
1: But yeah, I'm talking, you got to go back to your SNES, your PlayStation 1. Those were the real classics early, ladies and gentlemen. That's where you get your JRPGs that were just like, oh my God, it's <sighs> so good. I'm just saying, you got to know your roots.
2: Journey was the game of the year in 2012, Ooh. by the way. If you never played Journey, oh,
1: wow. chef's kiss, Bowser's. Wow, that feels like forever ago, yeah. but also not that long ago.
0: Did you play Journey,
1: Brittany? Never it never was my cup of tea. Baby! This is exactly what I'm talking okay, about. Neither
0: have Brittany, I. You would love <laughs> Journey. Would
1: I Brianna no No, this is it though. Like what I really enjoy Journey? I saw it. I'm like, okay, cool. I can walk around like quiet landscapes and like make pretend friends with people I'll never see or talk to. Like, cool, I'm just gonna go snipe heads and like resistance instead. Andrea, listen, you would love No, you wouldn't let love- never mind. I was gonna be I was gonna be a smart ass. I think uh, you would love like Yakuza. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Forget it, forget it.
2: <laughs> Listen, is on my pile of shame. I definitely need to spend some time love. with that franchise. Cause not only have you talked about it, it has captured your heart, but other people in my life have also said, like, yo, Yakuza is like the thing that you have to try. I will make you a deal. And this is a very unfair deal. Are you for me. are you because about to propose I play journey game.
1: and you play you're gonna play Yakuza? Baby, that's the worst deal for you. What the fuck?
2: Yes, it is. I'm like, I will get screwed on this deal, but I will do it because Journey is a game that every lover of video games needs to experience. Now, are people still playing that though? No, it's not that kind of a game. It's it's an art piece game that I highly recommend you play in a single sitting. Okay, well, what?
1: Am I thinking the flower? No, what's the game I'm thinking? No, Journey okay, Journey was the game though where you could come across other people, right? And mm-hmm. you would never be able to interact with them. Okay. Correct. So that's not the whole shtick with this. So it doesn't matter if people aren't playing it anymore. I can still enjoy it.
2: No, but I <laughs> I bet that
0: there still are something. Okay, the oh, no was okay. so quick. Uh, here about how about this, Brittany? We'll play at the same time and then you and I will happen to fall into we'll each other's instances.
1: I other. like, ran buy the big sandwich. I will <laughs> replay this game.
0: Brittany, knowing your
2: love for some of the indie darlings that you've talked about on our show over the years, this is another moment where I'm telling you to ignore the trees in Horizon Zero Dawn and just play the game because you will understand how good it is. Okay. And this game like journey is like it's like three okay. hours, maybe four okay. hours. It's a short experience. You can play it in an okay, afternoon. Period. That's why I said I recommend you can, you try to play it in a single okay. sitting if you can. If you need to split it up because baby, you know, or, you know, husbando, you will know, split it up. Only, okay,
1: I'm looking at but the platforms. But
2: try to play it in a single sitting okay, if okay. you can.
1: Okay, don't worry about holding up your end of the deal and playing. You can Save that for when I'm back in the studio and I can be there with you because I have to see that firsthand. Like, I absolutely must. <laughs> I will see.
2: Well, I would hope that we can stream it and you can just, like, you know, sherpa yeah, like me Resident through Evil. it.
1: I would love nothing more. Nothing more. Teach will, me, some Absolutely.
2: Teach me, senpai, how to, you know, do the. Oh my yakuza's. god! Well, you
1: got to pick a husband first and foremost. Then you have to fall madly in love with them. That's like step one. But I know that ain't your style. Do I have
2: to fall madly in love with them, or can I just like admire them in a very objectification kind no of a way? Don't your boat.
1: I ain't here to judge.
2: <laughs> Re- look. <laughs> She's like, mm, "Claps Please for the that? cheeks." <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Claps for the cheeks. You know what? That feels like a great way to end the episode. <laughs> claps for the cheeks indeed. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the What's Good Games podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you have yet to leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, it would greatly help us out. You can also, you know, shoot us a comment or like on YouTube. Or send us a tweet at what's good underscore games. Engage with our content. That helps us. So if you can't join us at patreon.com whatsgoodgames what's good games, every little bit helps. Just want to say thank you to everybody who supports our show and your love of his
0: <laughs>
2: See you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.